All right. Welcome back to the Appetite for Construction podcast. I'm John Mason Brink. I'm here with Tim Ward. Tim, how you doing today? At 11 o'clock on, uh, in the morning, and it's 104 degrees out. It's going to get to 118 for the fourth day in a row. Um, yeah, a little warm here. How about there in uh, northern Illinois? Oh, beautiful 77 degrees, Tim. <laughs> so when my Actually, my older sisters and brothers, they used to put baby oil. Are you doing that when you go outside? Kind of put baby oil and <laughs> just put less in like oil? Pers- That's a personal question, John. I don't know if I, I'm going to go there. No, no you put down no, like less in oil and go stand by the pool and see what, <laughs> see what happens. To- Basically, oh. just deep frying yourself. No. Uh, That's right. That's right. SPF 50, whenever I'm out with this bald head, it, it gets fried pretty quick. I don't know. So... Hey, Tim, uh, on our bonus podcast a couple of weeks ago, we talked about marketing. I asked you what you know your opinion of marketing was. We, we talked briefly about some snafus with uh, John Morant of the Memphis Grizzlies. We talked about um, a certain beer company that with Bud Light. didn't and didn't read the room. But no. um, I think we have a good uh, good guest that can help us steer us in the right direction on positive steps to help market your uh your company. So uh, what do you think? Should we, should we get to it? Let's, let's do it. All right. Well, we'll bring her in. It's Brittany Murphy. Brittany, how you doing? I'm doing great today, guys. How are y'all? Ah, we're doing we're doing wonderful. So for almost a decade, uh, Brittany has created more than 900 online marketing strategies for clients all across the United States. As a partner at One Thing Marketing, Brittany focuses on helping some service business owners get their phones to ring with new leads. That's always a good thing. Growing up with her family in the trades, her team has niched into specializing for trade and home service businesses. Since 2011, they have been perfecting their proven process and strategies for optimizing clients' websites and Google rankings. Through her strategies, background in blue-collar and experienced team, Brittany has helped local businesses increase their revenue by at least 30%, 30% year after year. Wow, that's pretty impressive, Brittany. So first thing I want to ask you, you said you come from a family of trades. Uh, what, what was the experience or what was the, the background there? Yes, my father worked for over 30 years as a pipe fitter. Oh. And so really his job's the reason my mother said I have to get an office job. <laughs> she did <laughs> She did not like when it was, you know, bring your child to work day. I would go to her office, kind of get bored, but my grandmother mm. would go take me to the mall or other buildings we were allowed to go in if my dad was fixing them. And I would see him on a you know forklift up four stories high and I'm like, oh my God, that's so neat. That's my dad at my <laughs> Not you're going to do that, but yes, that yeah. is very neat. He's doing great things and making sure people are safe. And I was like, oh, yeah. So, yes, I grew up a lot with my dad knowing that, you know, he, he wants to get my hands dirty, but not in that way. So they made me definitely go down a different career path. But he worked for a local business. So we really understood with his lifestyle, if they were feeding him leads, if he was doing jobs and staying busy, we were eating well. The mm-hmm. months that business was slow, there was no buildings that needed new fire sprinkler systems. Um, he didn't get as much work. And so our lifestyle would change a little bit. So my background in marketing, the background kind of with my dad in the trades really kind of comes together because I just want to make sure that there are other local family businesses that do this. So let's make sure they're like striving as much as possible, even though 
There's tons of huge PE firms buying all these companies up. But even if they're going to go down that route, I want these guys to sell for mega bucks so they can kind of have some generational wealth going down it. So very fun. Did you ever get a chance to work with your dad or work on the team to to help? (sighs) No, unfortunately, I would show up a a bit because, you know, a lot of times it was uh, existing buildings and businesses. They would go in and revamp, you know, just the plumbing and the fire sprinkler system. And so if there was ones I was allowed to go to, I I would always go to him. He worked at one of the universities here, Bellarmine University, and actually was at that time dating a guy from Bellarmine. So I'd always like kind of go over there, like say hi to my dad and then, you know, go on my date afterwards. But yeah, yeah, it was kind of fun to see what that side of the construction looks like. You never really, as an outsider citizen, you never see things other than like the viewpoint that the outside walls are going up, but just the intricacies of the inside. I just thought that was really neat. And he's a very very detailed persons in which you need to be for anything in that nature. So I'm not that way. I'm not as great as he is on that side of it. I'm more of a chatty Kathy and that, yeah. that method. But yeah, it was really cool to see what he did. And um, it, it was a very hard job, took a big toll on him. Mm-hmm. So just kind of, you know, really instilled that hard work ethic in me, even though I'm not in the trades myself right now. So one thing marketing started in 2011. Is that right? Yes, sir. And in 2020, we had a little thing called COVID. Did that change the approach or kind of the the calculus on marketing at all? I live under a rock. What happened in 2020? <laughs> yes, <right>. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, 2020 was a be- very big moment, and especially for the guys we worked with in the trades. So we had kind of been niching down already, working with trades. About like 80% of our clients were already in plumbing, HVAC, electrical, construction, remodeling, kind of roofing, huge segment of our business. During COVID, a lot of the guys outside of trades really had to cut us off marketing-wise. E-commerce, people weren't buying. But the beautiful thing is, is even though people are in their homes more, nobody knows how to unclog a toilet, fix piping, patch a hole in their roof, patch drywall for even that. So the trades were getting called more and more because people were in their homes and hated everything. And the men in the house didn't know what to freaking do to fix it. So they <laughs> well, called they, people. They thought they did, but you know, then it's eventually you got to call yes. a professional, they, right? They fixed it. And then the plan B came <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to fix exactly. it. Yeah. So a huge transition for us, because what we noticed is a, that was a definitely the market we wanted to serve. Um, whether things changed, you know, it's good for us. We're business owners. We want to make sure we thrive and survive things that happen, but also knowing that homeowners are not getting more smart about how to utilize their home. So the trades are becoming more pivotal in this aspect. So it kind of went hand in hand to really kind of focus on those guys and really help them. And what we noticed and what we loved is the trades that were competitive and they could be from rural areas. It could be big cities, as I said, we work with anybody across the U.S., the competition level ro- rose for most of them. And they thought this was like a we're going to make it moment. And those are the clients that we really kept on through COVID. And we saw, I shit you not, almost double as far as the leads they were getting versus guys who were still in trades, but either cut us off or cut all marketing off during 2020 because they were kind of just nervous about what things could happen from a marketing standpoint, loving data really freaking cool to see that change. Also a little sad to know that those who don't try, push, try to get past what's going on in the bullshit in the world aren't going to succeed as much as those who kind of want to push past it on that side. So we really noticed a huge change in marketing because during that kind of time frame, a lot of people dropped out of the market. Uh, cost per click on Google ads went down. I mean, people are pulling money out of the market. So those who wanted to cash more and more in saw that they were getting a lot more ROI for anything they're spending on marketing because there's less people to go against during that time frame. So a very fun pivotal point for a lot of them. 
so you mentioned, uh, you know, the people that push through versus the people that kind of sat back. I mean, what, what, what do you tell people that are on the fence about, you know, putting a marketing program together? Oh, you know, that's a, it's a fun conversation that I wish you all could be a fly on the wall for because every situation is <laughs> yeah. different, you know, and that's kind of the hard part about this. Um, really when it comes down to most guys that I talk to is when they're finally reaching out to a marketing company or really trying to dabble in it, they're trying to hit like that next level is how I like to think of it. And usually what they're kind of telling me their situation is they're either trying to get off of just being one man in a truck or they're trying to increase from, you know, three techs to 10 so they can actually just be an owner and work on the business versus in the business. When it comes down to that, it is such a huge jump. So really for most of them, what I'm trying to help them understand is either how are you positioned now? How far do we need to drive to get from point A to point B? And how much of this do you think you can take on? Because we all know, yes, we need tradespeople like yesterday. Uh, you're always going to be in demand. That's kind of a beautiful part about these industries. However, as I said, there's private equity firms buying a lot of local businesses and spending a lot of money on marketing. So what I kind of tell these guys is there is going to be that transition point where you either have to jump in or you're not going to jump in. You're going to dip a toe and you're just going to go very slowly. And you're not going to kind of see the progress you're looking for. My answer is yes, jump in, but jump in with what's appropriate to you. Now that's kind of where is that appropriate budget wise? Are we doing the right things we need to be doing? Is this appropriate timeline wise? Um, one of the things I know we said we kind of want to talk about, not that I'm a social media expert, but I do like to talk about social media a little bit when it comes to the trades. Um, Cause even though I don't offer that as a service, it's mainly cause I don't see my guys getting a huge bang for their buck off of it, but I actually push my guys to do it because that's a place that homeowners are looking to double check on your business. You know, do your reviews on Google match what I see on Facebook? You know, does your perception match on all these different platforms we see on the internet in giving that homeowner a good vibe to go ahead and kind of call you. So I know this is kind of like a roundabout answer to kind of when's the right time to do it, but it really kind of comes back to those aspects with it. So most people I see, to be frank with you, have the money. They're just really scared to pull the trigger. And I think that's because they've kind of been over-promised and under-delivered by other agencies. Or when it comes to marketing, you're afraid you can't track it. And for something you're going to put thousands of dollars into, you need to track this. There is no reason to throw money at the wall in hopes that it sticks. And I feel that's what most people think marketing comes down to at the end of the day. But it does not have to by any means. Brittany, I think marketing from the contractor standpoint, it's it's very nebulous. You know, there's so many things that fall under marketing. So as a you know, one of our, somebody in our audience that's a owns a small contracting company in the service trades, they're looking to hire a marketing company or a marketing person in-house. What should they be looking for? Let's say if they're going to hire someone out, because I think the same things go for hiring someone out as bringing someone in. Um, really, just if they're you're bringing someone in, you can micromanage the shit out of them, which I still don't recommend doing. <laughs> you know, just for just an employee culture aspect, not too great. But even as an outside marketing agency, we want our clients involved, but we don't want them dictating every single thing because you're not looking at everything we're looking at 24 hours a day to try to make decisions and make strategies with it. Um, but going back to my previous point, one thing I tell everybody, if they have a strategy session with me, obviously, I hope you're talking to more people than just me. You need to get a good source of different people who you think you might work with, talk to all of them, and understand who's going to work and serve you best. One of the best ways you can put them against each other is what form of tracking are they doing for your marketing? And the reason I really drive this home is because a lot of times, so I'm mainly digital. I mean, your website, SEO, SEM, PPC, local ads, LSA, I mean, like 
all the stuff you can do digitally. That's what I like to talk to my guys about and what we help them with. However, there's amazing forms of traditional advertising. They could do billboards. They could do yard signs. They can do radio, TV, any other type of advertising like that. And even if they hire like a traditional marketing company, the myth that used to be out there is you can't track it. You're basically buying an impression, right? You are branding yourself. You know, you're just going to have all this visibility. And it's really a sad way that they sell it because nowadays they actually can track this. And if they're not willing to, a marketing digital company like myself will help you track it. And so that's kind of one thing is, are we tracking how much you're spending, how many clicks are getting to all these different resources? So how many people are coming through your Google business profile? Are they coming through your ads? Are they coming through your website? Are they coming through your Facebook post? Are you now a TikToker and you are getting a million people through that? Like I actually track this. So that's, that's one huge thing is, again, you're going to spend so much money on marketing. If you can track it, you know, it works, you know, what to put more money back into at the end of the day and what to stop putting money into if it's not working or after 90 days of trying it, change the strategy for that. So I have a lot of people, as I mentioned, I'm not the guru on social media, but I have a lot of guys who actually put some money into it. And all I ask them in these strategies is, all right, what have you tracked about it? Give me the numbers. Um, well, we just feel like we've gotten a lot of calls. I'm sure you all hate that word. I feel, I think maybe <laughs> it's all bullshit in the realm of marketing. I want to see, we actually had this many calls from this unique phone numbers. And this was what our conversion rate was on those leads. Awesome. Put more money into it. I don't care if it's not going to me, put the money into the things that work. So tracking with it's one, because if they actually track whether you're hiring someone in-house or hiring an outside agency because they're tracking, they can actually give you something called proof. So that's kind of the biggest thing is you're asking for proof, case studies. How long did you work with them? What did you do? What did they spend? And what were the results based off of it? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm more the expert in search engine optimization. It's the superest unsexy thing out there possible is SEO. <laughs> yeah. it, it seems fun. It's Google rankings. It's showing up first and top. Yeah. It really, it's, it's data. Yeah. It's keywords. It's just research and kind of, not a lot of fun stuff at the end of the day when you think about it. So it's the really unsexy side of it. But that's one of the things we see is the biggest bang for the buck for our trades guys is, again, a homeowner sees that there is a leak in the roof. They're typing roofing companies near me into their phone. And usually what's going to pop up is Google is 98% of most people's browsers. And so they're going to see the Google Maps. They're going to see the Google ads. They're going to see the Google listings of businesses from there. So I really like to focus on those. Like look at those things. And if you are hiring someone in-house, um, just make sure they have a background in all of this. Things are changing so often. So I think more what's important for the person in-house is they are someone that wants to be a sponge. And what I mean by that is when things are changing, the algorithms change and they're not getting frustrated like normally we kind of do when things change, you have to be adaptable with it. So that's kind of the fun part is they have to be willing to adapt to the strategy in-house. And I think an outside agency like us, like we want to cater to what's best to you. Like we'll give our opinions but we kind of want your feedback on, is this enough for what you think you're trying to achieve? That way we could be as similar to an in-house person as possible. We know who you are and what your goals are and kind of putting that side of it, you know, making sure you just make simple promises and delivering on those is in the day what makes marketing go because it's all about taking that next step and building upon what you kind of have done previously. So speaking and building on that, then customer engagement and uh, Yelp testimonials and all kinds of consumer reviews. Those are critical in the marketing funnel, correct? Oh my God, Tim. Yes. You were speaking my love language. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Reviews. I mean, that's kind of, you know, client engagement. That is the the new word of mouth. You know, that's all we used to hear all before. Like, oh, my clients are word of mouth. You know, it's just referrals. Well, 
That's great. That's still a marketing concept today, but now what it's turning into is the digital word of mouth. So what are all my best friends on Google saying about you? What are my connections yeah. on Facebook saying about you? So yes, that's kind of where, what I tell a lot of my guys as well is like, you're the owner. You might not have time to do all these things and you're not expected to do this. This is where your techs, your contractors are the ones that are your branding guys. They're the ones in front of the client doing the service, cleaning it up, invoicing, following through. They're the ones the entire pro throughout their entire process, need to sell your business. So therefore, at the end of it, when it comes down to it, they say, hey, Tim, you know, thank you so much for letting us remodel your bathroom. This was a very fun project for us. We were so excited with the results. I hope you are as well. Um, Tim, would you mind, we're going to leave you a little uh, quick email to leave a review. Would you mind if you have two minutes to be able to leave one for me after I finish out here today? Tim says yes. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> Yes. And exactly. so there, and so therefore the rest of the marketing process starts to create that client experience. So you're getting the review from them, which is only marketing material for you moving forward. Because I want to see that Tim had an amazing bathroom remodel. It came on time, on budget, which never happens. But pretend it did. <laughs> these are all great things that I would want to see. And that's the word of mouth is Tim, who I've never met before, is telling me all these great things somewhat anonymously on Google for me to say, you know what? ABC Construction knows their shit. I will go ahead give them a call and see what a quote in a bid would look like from them. So yeah, it's, it's hugely pivotal. And that's kind of where even like Google reviews and having your guys do that process, that's not SEO. Like that's me talking as an expert saying that's not SEO technically, but that is a ranking factor to show up higher in Google. So therefore when someone does type remodeler near me, roofing company near me, you can actually rank and get those calls because it all is a huge encompassing circle of marketing. It's not just getting the lead. It's servicing the lead, following up the lead to make sure that that lead is giving you your next lead. So Tim, I don't know if I've told you this before, but my neighbor was my neighbor was walking his dog uh, the other day, maybe a couple of weeks ago, and he stopped. And somehow, somehow they looked up and they they saw like some chips in my my chimney. Upon further uh, observation, we found that there was pretty much a lot of damage to the chimney. I don't know how it uh -oh. happened. If somebody like drove a drone into it or something, but now we're in the market for tuck pointers, Tim. So we've, we've reached out yep. to like three or four tuck pointers in the, in the area. And like you just mentioned, Brittany, that we went on the Google reviews and we looked up their background information and I think we settled on one. But my question is, what do you do if there's like negative reviews or how do you put out those fires? Well, first off, you pour a nice uh, glass about this tall of bourbon <laughs> Yeah. Three fingers. Yeah. You drink it slowly. Yeah, put, some, right. put some ice in it if you're a little baby. Um, no, I'm kidding. You do breathe first off. Um, mm. One thing you don't want to do, just like a conversation or a fight with a person in in person, you don't aggravate them more. Um, one thing I tell my guys is you have to respond to it. As much as it sucks, you have to respond. Now, if you're working with an agency like me, we're going to try to get it removed. But unless that person completely slandered you as in, use cuss words, derogatory terms, anything that could get that potential review banned. People usually try not to do too awful so it can stay, but they want to say their piece with it. You're going to have to respond to it. And a lot of times what I say is short and simple and sweet is usually better. If it is a quick answer, like the client screwed up, it is 100% client's fault. Day in, day out, no way about it. This was negative Nancy that just had to get her little butt on here and leave a nasty review about us. You have to respond. And if it's one of those people that you can tell you did nothing wrong, you're just never going to make them happy. 
the best review to leave on there to look professional and engaging at the same time is, we're so sorry this was your experience. This is not what we stand for. We want 100% satisfaction. Nancy, if you could please call the owner directly at this line, (laughs) he'd be happy to address you. Yeah, I would think more times, more oftentimes than not that uh, if you're not getting a review or anything like that, that means the customer is pretty satisfied and happy. So yeah. usually the negative reviews that um, you'll see more often or maybe it's – you ever seen like a competitor put a negative or some kind of like positioning of – Something negative that really isn't true about something or someone. Yes, yes. And I've seen a few of those. A few of our clients have had that happen. And so the other side of the response can be is if you feel that this is anything not true or not an actual client. For example, we did have a previous employee that was not happy. We did not like their performance and let them go with warnings. Got a nasty slanderous review. They knew too many things to where we kind of wrote back, hey, Ah. said their name, which was not the same as the user. We're so sorry that we had to part ways. You know, and just kind of went a little bit of a very short explanation, but enough to say, you're not a client. If you think you are, please call Brittany directly at this line so we can address the situation. So, yes, there there are ways. And I have seen those responses. And as a homeowner myself, I am looking at reviews to make decisions off of. I mean, a Google business profile, I'll be honest, is where 80% of the decisions are going to be made. You're already picking three companies for me close enough with a good number of reviews Google's doing a lot of heavy lifting for you to find clients, you know, you know, for to get out and prospects and be visible with it. So I look in th- through all theirs and my joke before I got married, I haven't legally changed my name just yet, but Murphy's law has followed me my entire life. So I prefer to actually go to the one stars to see what they say. A, I'm trying to see what issues there are. So if you're going the same negative issues and responses over and over again, take a breath and look internally. There is something wrong if you are repetitively getting in the same negative review over and over again. Ideally, you don't have that because you've addressed the issue. You need to look at it. Look at it honestly. If it is completely out of left field, do those simple short responses. Because all I want to see at the end of the day is that the business owner responded and said they're willing to take ownership of it. Murphy's Law tells me bad things will happen. I will get the worst shit case scenario out of anything. So at the end of the day, let's look at the one stars. If it looks like the business is owning up and confessing to it 99% of the time, I want to call that business because I see they take ownership of it. The reason I'm saying you can still do those other responses, and again, we all have our ideas of how this might work, whatever you think's not going to light or incinerate this fire. Although I have seen people write, you know, hey, Nancy, you know, this was a project that could never be done to your goals initially. We agreed that we were going to do it this way instead. So sorry, you still don't like it, you know, but we're, we're, we had a conversation about it. Again, please call us so we can resolve this over the phone, you know. The best part is if you're nice enough and Nancy responds and says, you know what? You all didn't. Who's the crazy person now? Nancy, yep. that, that yep. crazy bitch. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm a cusser. No, but that's, no, that's a that's... part of a business owner. It, yes. It's just to look at that, honestly, and kind of step back. If people were to look at this, what would they think, you know, looking at outside business? If that person sounds crazy on it, short, sweet, and simple, just get through it because, you know, that person's only going to make themselves look worse. Your goal is this is your branding of yourself. Make sure you look good, you stay composed, and you're trying to solve the problems because that's what anyone looking at the one stars, that's all they want to see is a response, some ownership, and then some action over it. When people look at, you know, different aspects of their business and marketing, there's, you know, I'm sure like the cloud over their head with the caption has dollar signs in it and it's money, right? Like how much how much should they allocate towards marketing? I mean, what is the marketing budget should you allocate for your business? 
is it dependent on the size? Is it dependent on on maybe a you know a future um, project or some kind of launch? You know, how does that all work? Industry standards. If you all want to Google this answer real quick, we'll tell you five to ten percent of your revenue is what you should spend on marketing, and I think that's pretty close. What it's going to go back to is what we were talking about. If you're trying to do that level up, so for example, if you're a million dollar business, it would be between fifty and a hundred thousand dollars a year on marketing. I could easily see most businesses in the trades spending fifty up to fifty k a year just on Google Ads. The other fifty k on all their other digital marketing, so their website SEO, email marketing. If they're going to do some social media, different things of that nature, I can easily see guys in bigger areas, and I mean a million population plus, easily spending that if they're to the level of making that type of revenue. Um, we have a lot of guys in rural areas, and their five to ten percent is not even close to that. But the funny part is, again, check back to your competition because that's where that 5 to 10% range will go. Even the rural areas are making about half a million. Well, I would say that they'd want to spend 25 to 50. They want to spend closer to 25. But what's funny is they can spend closer to only 25K and it will be marketed as if it was 100K because there's not that much competition we're going against and the money stretches further. So that's really what it kind of comes down to. That's why I tell anybody, like I give free strategy sessions out. Like I'll look at your area, look what you're trying to achieve. If you're in a high population, if we're in Houston, we're targeting roofing. We know we need to be 10% of all the marketing budget. There's no way you can say, well, we're going to spend like 1% in hopes that it works. No, there are throw, throw a rock and you could hit a roofer in Texas. Don't do that. I have, I have quite a few there in Texas spread out. I know how competitive it is. And then I have like an HVAC company that's in no man's land, Indiana, that's spends a fraction of that and is blowing up just because they don't have to do too much. So really, if you look at your marketing and see what you're spending on it right now, if you're closer to five and you feel like you've plateaued, then double it. Like I know that's what every marketer says is spend more money, you get more money out of it. Not always true. But look how you're spending it and where you're spending. That's why my first answer to this question was track your shit. Track it. You're spending money. Just like your wife yells at you on what you spent $50 for the grill to fix what? You bought what? An, an egg for $900? Like, holy shit, babe. You know people are tracking you. So track yourself as if you were a wife tracking your wallets for personal purchases when it comes right. down to marketing. See what's working and track your clients when they do finally land and convert. Which way did they find you? You should have tracked that initially. Like there's things such as call tracking where I can know immediately what way they called through. So that way we can give a list of phone numbers to our clients and they can say, oh, wow, so this person actually closed off my website. Oh, this person closed off my Google business page. Oh, neat. Like, and we use that to know where we need to spend more money with it. But that's the same answer for these guys is if you're only spending 5%, you're getting where you need to go, then stick with it. But if you want to level up as in hire more employees, you're going to have to get to that next hill that your competitors are sitting on. And they're usually guys have been spending that amount for years prior to you. You know, it's not like it's just someone spent $1 million in one day and beat you out in the local market. That's not how SEO works and not how Google rankings work. It is a trust factor and a longevity factor. So that's kind of where I tell my guys, at least be doing something with it consecutively. This is diet and exercise. As much as we hate both those things, we can't just have a diet pill when it comes to marketing every single time. We have to eat clean. We have to exercise our bodies regularly to be in the best shape possible to fend off these competitors when they come at us. So that's always my fight for it is you don't have to blow out your budget. But look at it. If you're not growing, then you might not be spending enough money. And if you are spending enough money and not growing, then your marketing sucks. I love it. We should we should, we should bring Brittany on our sales costume. No kidding. Yeah. I'll get a little angel on their shoulder that's like, oh, does your marketing suck? Maybe I should talk to someone about that. 
anyway. <laughs> what I am curious about, though, because there is no silver bullet in marketing. If you're in that first strategy session and that business owner says, Brittany, what are three tips that you would give me for my marketing? What are those three tips? Good question. So one I always like to start off with really quickly is your reviews is your reputation online. So again, we kind of talked about already, but how many reviews do you have and what's your score? Look at your competitors. If you are nowhere near them, fix it immediately, but go slow and steady fixing it. Okay. So again, if you are a hundred reviews behind your closest or the biggest competitor and you have a thousand clients from the past, you just have not been good about getting reviews from only reach out to so many a week. Do not send a mass email to all a thousand. Please don't. You will be crying in my corner and I will be playing the smallest violin for you because Brittany told you not to do that. So don't do that. Be very safe, but make sure again, you had a neighbor, John, who told you to look at it. Oh, okay. I need to go this. You still went to Google to find someone mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you probably mainly looked at those Google business profiles. So you could see, Hey, they're close. They're reputable. And here's their phone number. Am I wrong? No, you're pretty much on. There was one guy who just had a business card and, uh, you know, a about a 40 year old truck, but other than that, did he, know. did he win the bid then? <laughs> I know. I don't think he ever called back cause he doesn't okay. have a cell phone. <laughs> there, yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. So looking at that side of it again, that is your personal brand and persona you're putting on the internet. The second side of that is where's your business located in relation to your client base. The reason I bring this up as number two is because what we're seeing with Google is proximity has always been the number one ranking factor. It's changed a little bit with the algorithm, but now it's literally physically the closest person to you is usually going to rank first. Bigger and better companies can still take that spot from you, but Google is ranking proximity as the number one factor. So if you have a small remodeling business, if you are out in rural area, but you want to work in the big city, you're never going to get those calls. So I tell a lot of my guys, make sure you're located where you need to be located. So I do have guys who work out of their home offices. Absolutely fine with that. List that address on Google. Like, so listing your address on Google and that address being close to proximity. And when I say close, I'm going to say like a 15 mile range max is what you can be from your competitors. So you are more than happy to find other offices around town and open up shop in them, rent them out to have a second address or a third address in your city. Um, be careful about it. That can be spammy. I can definitely talk anyone through if they have questions, but that is a tactic a lot of guys are using because they can afford to pay a hundred bucks a month to rent out a very small office space to get that address because PO boxes don't work. You know, USPS doesn't work. Any of those kind of guys, co-working spaces don't work for those addresses. So again, because we're seeing local is such a huge factor, be close to where you need to be with it. And number three, hmm. You know, number three, I would say is the thing that I see lacking on almost every website. And that's actually the pure SEO magic of what happens is if you're looking at your website, do all of the services you have and the niche that you do and provide these services have a page solely about that one thing you do. Problem with most websites, I don't see them have this. So I've looked at a few construction websites and they don't even have a page about remodeling. Now, in a strategy session, they'll tell me we remodel kitchens, bathrooms, basements, whole houses, everything. Mm-hmm. Well, the word remodel is not anywhere on your freaking website. The word construction is. And a lot of homeowners don't think maybe sometimes construction. They think remodeling. Yeah. Um, even some interior designers I've had strategy sessions with. People don't always now type interior designer. It's not the aspect in their head of what they're thinking of unless maybe they live in a very nice area and everyone only talks about their interior designer. So they're more familiar with that. 
interior designers I talk to will design an entire house, remodel, work with a general contractor to complete that. So again, homeowners will be thinking, well, I want my bathroom or kitchen remodeled. So they're typing those things in. So if you don't have what your clients are calling it on a page by itself and everything you can answer just about that one service, you're never going to rank. And so that's where the SEO magic is, is if you want to do all of the kitchen bath or kitchen remodels in your city and you have no pages about kitchen remodel, then you're never going to rank. Because if you think about it, that homeowner is going to say, kitchen remodelers near me. And you're like, well, I'm a construction company. I'm a general contractor. I'm mm. not just a kitchen remodeler. Well, what's going to happen is your competitor has three different pages about kitchen remodels and all of the projects that they've done. And that person says, oh my God, this is amazing. There's no other general contractor that must be as amazing as this company because they have this. So when it comes down to SEO, it really what I'm talking about is make sure the content's there that answers who, what, where, when, why, and how of SEO. When you do that, sorry, not of SEO, but of that service, that's SEO. You're answering every question a homeowner might have because, you know, I'm sure your wives are both very nice people. I like to think of home projects around 2 a.m. and kick my husband like, hey, when are we going to fix the shower door? (laughs) So and I've actually had like a lot of things in my home break in the middle of the night. So I'm actually looking up companies when they're not open. So if I can't immediately get referred to someone and I'm not going to Facebook immediately to find someone remodel, like I'm going to go to Google, see some reviews and maybe check back on their Facebook to make sure they look good and the reviews match. If you don't have that there, you're never even going to have your hat in the game to play with. Because Google's not going to see you as relevant. And that's the other aspect of it is your Google My Business is a huge part. That's where they show you the maps and they show you with two to maybe max three other competitors in that your phone number, your reviews, you can click to call, click to go to website. It's amazing if you can be there. You're going to be there by proximity, getting reviews, and then also with uh, making sure Google understands what you should be ranking for. So if you're only targeting general contractor, you're only getting a small segment of what homeowners are going to be typing in versus thinking, Broadly, homeowners might be finding, you know, maybe they just want a kitchen remodel. Maybe they are looking for a whole home remodel. Maybe they just want a basement, kitchen. I mean, the list can go on and on. So, like, actually think realistically about your business and then ask people who don't know what the frick you do, what do you think I do and what would you call it? Mm -hmm. That's your keyword research Mm -hmm. for free is understand what people call it. So, that's why I say SEO, search engine optimization, isn't freaking sexy. No one knows what it's called. No one puts the names of the words in order. But I don't give a shit. I just want to make sure they understand that means Google rankings, digital marketing, you know, small business marketing. So I talk in those words and we create content in those words because that's what people type in also. So that's my business, but also look in your industry with it because I bet you'll find some of your competitors who you think are knocking out of the ballpark, don't have shit on their website in relation to what you could do and outsmart them. And a caveat to that, you can do this in-house, guys. I said already, just write the who, what, where, when, why, how of that service, add that to your website, and just make sure you can add as much helpful information as possible. Over a thousand words is the goal, but you can do something like this. And what I encourage my guys to do is when you create a project and you finish it, have before and after pictures and create a blog about it and then talk about what you did. So if this was one bathroom remodel or three bathroom models on this house, haha, now you have a whole new content page just about bathroom models to target the bathroom remodel phrase in the city that you're in. So it seems very simple, but I know it's a lot of homework, but those are really the big things where I tell my guys, if you could just be consistent on this, holy shit, you're going to be the guy at the gym that everyone's scared of because he can bench 3.30 and he eats raw meat for breakfast type of guy. (laughs) Like that's what you want your website to represent, a badass dude that's going to kick everyone's ass in, in your industry. And those are the things that really kind of back it up in a homeowner's eyes. 
So, Tim, remember the song? Uh, oh, it's magic. SEO. How's that go, Tim? I'm not going there. I'll let you <laughs> I <sing>. love it. <laughs> I love it, but I'm not singing. Ah, oh, Tim. Hey, um, Brittany, we kind of talked about this in the beginning. One thing marketing. Tell us a little bit about the business, um, how you started it, how many people are you know on your team, and, and kind of the gist of that. So we're a local boutique firm under 10 employees, and we have been around since 2011, but not always niched down at home services. So as I said, we started with all local businesses. So they could be your local plumbers and electricians, but we also did like dog poop service cleanup, um, horse bedding. We've done that. We've done snorkel gear. I mean, we've done the whole gambit about six years ago, really understood our market was starting to trend more towards trades. COVID hit. Boom, a beautiful moment of realizing here's our marketing strategy we need to go after. And also really kind of, as I said before, hit home to me because I was like, yeah, I've been talking to too many local businesses that I hate hearing when, uh, I don't want to say huge names around here, but huge names come in that lack in quality, but they have the marketing dollars to get the clients. And so that's kind of really Mm -hmm. where we want to help those local guys kick ass and do what they need to do in their own markets with it. So our specialties are more making sure your website converts and that website can get found on the internet and then also supplementing with ads when needs be because you're not ranking with SEO just yet. Really kind of a full use of all these things because most of our guys, your business is seasonal, especially with what part of the country you could be around. So we have to use all these things in your best benefit to make sure you kind of have like a nice even lead flow as much as possible. So I'm a marketing director and the person you would talk to if you need any questions about your website or your SEO. And I'm kind of fun to talk to. Yeah. (laughs) For those people who have questions, how do they get in contact with you or what's the website? Yes. Easiest place would be to go to onethingmarketing.net. And in the top right corner, there's a book, a free strategy session button, and you would go directly to my calendar and talk to me. So O-N-E-T-H-I-N-G marketing.net. Love it. John will make a song out of that later because it sounds (laughs) like a good. (laughs) I will. We'll we'll put a jingle together, Tim and I. (laughs) Well, Brittany, I've got to ask, you talked a little bit about bourbon. Which, what's what, what's one of your go-tos? Oh, shit. <laughs> How bad of a day? <laughs> no, yeah. um, I've been here long enough that I probably Woodford's one of my favorite. It's not. Okay. Um, That's fair. I would love to one day own a bottle of Pappy. I've had it. Okay. I'd just rather pay the quality price for like Woodford or one of the other guys that are pretty close to it. So yeah, you um, start getting in some bottled and bond or some of the reserves that Woodford does. It's they're exceptional. Yes. Yeah. So I'd, I like to save bourbon for the special events. So I'm more of a simpler drink type of person. Unfortunately, my favorite uh, brand of beer is uh, no longer stocking on the shelves or, Oh, what there still are just, yeah, sorry. No one's buying it anymore, but <laughs> you know, Bush light. Yeah, maybe. How did you know my dad's favorite beer? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Mint juleps, good or bad? Oh, very good. Um, But I have been to uh, Oaks and Derby, so I love lilies a lot more. I prefer lilies a lot better than I do the mint juleps. Yes. Although I do have a huge bush of mint in my backyard, so I just gave a huge handful to my friends, and I said, if you want to make mint juleps next time you're over, you're more than welcome to. (laughs) No, I don't know anything about mix and drinks but mojito you put mint in there right tim or no Mm -hmm. yes you do okay okay that sounds pretty refreshing on a nice hot day (laughs) 
<laughs> what do I know? <laughs> Anything with mint and alcohol is refreshing. Correct. Yeah, exactly. It sounds good to me. <laughs> when it's 118 so. later, I'll probably have a nice Savion Blanc or something that's a little chilled. Well, Brittany, thanks so much for jumping on. Um, man, I, I say this you know, every once in a while, but we could talk to you for about another hour on marketing and things. We'd probably like to have you back and continue you know, this conversation. It was really, really good conversation. A lot of good information there. And um, thank you so much. Thank you, Brett. Absolutely. Thank you, guys.